Welcome to Backstage with Kennedy This little show will be your remedy From Toronto spanning across the sea Cool people, lots of laughs This is your favorite podcast Hello and welcome, everybody. My name is Kennedy from the Backstage with Kennedy podcast. I got a very special guest today. I uh, got uh, my buddy K-Man from K-Man in the 45s. Uh, they're a legendary Montreal uh, ska band. 
Super happy to have K-Man on the show. How you doing, man? Doing great, brother. How you doing? Long time no see. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I It's a shame with all this coronavirus what happened with uh, you know, Pusa Festival and uh I'm and the list goes on. Yeah, man. It's uh, been bloody awful. Yeah, I was man. super excited to see you guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was really hard for us. We uh, just got our permits to play in the USA. We had all kinds of huge stuff coming up, you know, with the launch since the launching of our last album, uh, Stand With The Youth. Like, things were just going great. And, uh, yeah, we ended up only playing two of our American shows. And then all this happened. And then... I just heard that our, our P2s, which is the permits to go play in the uh, in the United States, uh, are going to expire, and we can't even renew them right now. So I don't know how long it's going to take us to get everything back up and running even after this. Or it's a kind of a shit situation, like completely. Oh man, I hope I hope that gets up and running for you guys quickly. Like that's that's tough. That delay could be, you know, it could be really killer. Yeah, man. But I mean, you know, at the same time, I can't really complain. I mean, I know so many people have it really, you know, way worse than I do, you know, but yeah, it just really sucks because actually, you know, it, it was just going so well and we had big, big plans for this summer and we we're looking forward to playing uh, all over the USA and stuff and just had to put the kibosh on all that, you know, hundred percent. Uh, at the same time, I mean, I'm lucky enough that, uh, you know, I got a house to live in. I got a lady who's cooking cookies right now. And I'm just uh, playing a ton of guitar and hanging out with myself, you know. There you go. So I, I guess that answers uh, my, my first question for you. So I guess um, you, you're an essential worker, right? So so you're yeah. still working through all this. Well, that's um, it. I'm, I'm really lucky about that, too. I mean, we're working at reduced hours. I'm only working like 24 hours a week right now. But uh, yeah, I work uh, for Dans la Rue in Montreal, which means uh, in the streets. And uh, okay. yeah, we work with all the uh, street youth, uh, you know, 25 and under and all this kind of thing. And it's uh, been really quite the hit on them as well, you know, and then uh, to see all the response of the city and the people. I mean, you know, there's been some good, there's been some real shitty too. So it's like, a, that's why I can't really, you know, get down on myself. I mean, I got it pretty pretty easy i got a fridge full of food and i got a bunch of instruments here so i mean what do i really have to complain about but no I'm, absolutely i'm definitely lucky to be able to work though i mean there's so many people right now that would love to be working yeah how how are the rest of the boys holding up uh, yeah well you know we we're hanging out the other day we we're having drinks over zoom there i pretty much like the rest of the population i think you know we we, we make little little uh, dates and hang out together and talk and have a drink and some laughs and hang out with our friends that way and stuff. But uh, no, everybody's been well, man. I mean, obviously, we'd much rather be together playing music and, you know, running all over the place. But uh, like I said, we can't really complain. There's a lot of people out there that have it way worse than we do, you know? Absolutely. Are you guys, uh, are you guys like, practicing from your, your own homes and such? Like, are, are you just to keep up with it? Or what, what's, Indi- what are you doing in regards to that? Individually. Like, we're not really, like, you know, I, I know that some people are doing recordings and passing them around and stuff like that. But, I mean, like, I've done a, a couple of, like, live performances. Like, one I just did. I'm going to do another one coming up. And uh, I'll do that to keep myself busy and stuff. But, I mean, we can't really get together. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's what it is. But at the same time, I've been, I started writing songs and stuff. So that's cool. And then I pass around some ideas to the other guys and, they give feedback and then, you know, Frankie just uh, yesterday got all high and sent me over a baseline. He's like, oh, what do you think of this? And, 
you know, all that kind of thing. So, I, you know, we're always in touch, always bouncing ideas around, you know. So we're just kind of sure. using the time to maybe build up something new or at least start heading in that direction. Absolutely. So what were some of the uh, the biggest influences for, for the 45s? Well, it came from a lot of things. I mean, like, you know, there's influences that people might have heard on the radio, but it was also like, you know, I, I grew up surrounded by musicians and uh, a lot of my influence just came from people jamming out around me. And I mean, I grew up with a lot of reggae being played around me and, you know, I started playing punk rock really young and that kind of, you know, led to me writing this, like even in the nineties and stuff, I was putting together like hardcore rock stuff mixed with reggae parts and stuff like that. You know, this is even before the 45s and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it just came very naturally. And then as time progressed, that I just turned more and more into ska. And, you know, I found two, uh, two amazing friends are just incredible horn players and bass player and Frankie and drummers and Paulo. And no, it just, it, it works, you know, it's, it's just, I, I tend to say that I've been more influenced just by the people around me playing than actually records. But at the same time, on the uh, you know on the other side, huge influences came from The Clash, absolutely, definitely. Joe Strummer's writing and their rhythms and stuff like that. At the same time, there was the specials and then all the Jamaican music as well. You know, so it's just kind of a mishmash of all kinds of things I was exposed to. And I mean, some of it's very varied too, you know, just a... I always have reggae and ska in my life, but then I have a lot of other influences too. But the cool thing about ska is that, uh, you know, if ska is your, your basic framework that you're working in, it's really cool music to be able to uh, integrate other influences in. Like, I mean, you can play ska metal, ska rock and roll, ska reggae, uh, ska jazz, you know, and you can just ska country for that matter, or metal or whatever it is. And you kind of just, it all creeps into there, you know? And it's, uh, it's, that's one of the things I love about ska. A hundred percent. So, um, when did you, uh, when did you live in Jamaica? Do you still have a place out there? Or is this, I, I don't, from, I don't like, live there. there. I don't live there. I grew up with a bunch of Jamaicans in Ontario. And then, uh, our friends have a, uh, beach outside of Negril, about 20 uh, minutes from Negril. So uh, my parents spend part of the year down there and they rent out, they like they're part of the businesses, you know, everybody kind of, you know, works the same business there and kind of helps out. So my parents do the renting of the cabins and stuff. So I just try to get down there as every Wednesday, you know, whenever I can see my family and stuff like that. But uh, no, it's absolutely fantastic. We're talking about, you know, cabins right on the side of the water. And then you're only 20 minutes away from where all the music is happening. You know, when I'm in Negril, I like to hang out at Drifters. Uh, they're, they're an old 50s band that uh, even the Rolling Stones used to do covers of their music. And uh, Letty Sams, the uh, singer of the Drifters, started a live music venue in the grill called Drifters. And uh, he's got some of the best musicians there. So whenever I show up, I get to get on with them and jam a bit. And it's just a, you know, a great old vibe, man. That's really cool. That's what it's about, eh? All the, the positivity and love and all, all the, all the love that can be portrayed through the music. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it goes to, you know, to whatever type of music it is that you're playing. You know, like, uh, I, I tend to feel that way more and more even with times. Like, even if you're into metal or whatever it is, you know, but you, there's certain players that play with a lot of feeling or if it, you know, it just gets conveyed through their music. And you can always tell pretty damn quickly, you know. These days, of course, you know, a lot of things are 
getting pretty digital and stuff. But even at that, I mean, if somebody's putting a vocal over something that's created digitally, you know, the feel enters anyway, you know, and that's kind of what always gets me. I, I think you can tell that by listening to your music as well. Um, I mean, to, to be completely real with you, the first time I, I saw you mm-hmm. um, was with um, the Planet Smashers, Creep Show. Uh, that was my first time introduced to your music. Oh, yeah, right and, on. Uh, I was sitting with Alex from uh, Planet Smashers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex is like, tell me about you guys. And I couldn't get over the energy that you guys brought on stage <laughs> and how it goes through the people that are listening. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it make you people are dancing, they're having a great time. It it's really shows that you guys are are loving what you're doing out there. You know? Uh, uh, thanks, man. You thanks. guys are dancing on stage, dancing in the crowd. It's it's wicked to see. It's wicked to see. Well, you know, it, it comes from that. I, I think it's the uh, you know the down home part of me. Also, it's like it, basically if there's a crowd that's out to see you play music. You know, that's one way of looking at it. But then basically, I like to think that a bunch of people want to hang out with you when they come to see you, you know? So Absolutely. It's, so it's like, you know, you're you're one in the same. So we try to get this whole energy going with the crowd, you know, so we're all on the same level. And that's kind of, I guess, the ultimate goal, you know, is to once you have a crowd and you're all working together and, you know, the energy is shared between the crowd and the band, well, you can bring it down together. You can pick it up together. You can get absolutely crazy together, you know? And, uh, and that's one of the beautiful things that's always been the therapy in my life anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I'm the, I feel the same way about that. Music is music is therapy, getting on stage is having, and having a great time, you know. It, it's an escape, man. It's an escape. For sure. So so uh, what is, um, what's your favorite city to play in, would you say? Favorite city to play in? You know, it's, uh, I, I would give a different answer all the time. You know what I mean? Because like often I'll get home from a show and I'll be like, man, I had a blast. I love that place. And I mean, that's usually the feeling I, I get after a show, no matter where it is. I mean, I've had yeah. some fantastic shows in little, little, little places as much as I've had fantastic shows in bigger places like Toronto or Vancouver or Montreal or wherever, you know. And um, I don't know. It, for me, it's not necessarily the size that gets me, like the size of the crowd, but more just you know, if the crowd's in on the energy and that we're working all together, that's really what gets me. I mean, I've had great shows in Sault Ste. Marie or great shows in freaking, I don't know, some other uh, small place in Trois-Rivières up in uh, Quebec or, or wherever, as, as much as the big urban cities. And it's just like, for me, it's just everybody's basically the same at the end of the day, you know. Everybody walks in with a bit of an attitude to define who they are, no matter where they're from, whether it's a country boy or somebody from downtown Vancouver. But at the end of the day, if everybody strips down, gets loose, and leaves all that behind as soon as they walk into the venue, you know what? Everybody's the same, and everybody's going to be all right, man. And I know I'm going to have a good time when I catch that vibe. Absolutely. I wanted to be sure to ask you that question. I know you guys are absolute road warriors. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so the fact that you're always on the road, I'm like, I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure K-Man knows best. I'm sure K-Man <laughs> but, Well, it's funny, you know, because I don't want to diss any place either, you know, at the same time, because, like, whenever somebody hears, what's your favorite place, then it's like, well, I'm not your favorite and stuff. There's only one place I'm not yeah. crazy about playing, and that's Squamish, B.C. I don't like playing in Squamish, B.C. Played there twice. Once they said we're too loud, they gave us shit, and then, uh, you know, it was crazy. And then one other time, you know, it was my day off in Squamish. It's about noon 
I, mean, I don't know if you know this about me, but like on tour, if I get a day off, sometimes it's, you know, after 16 nights on or something like that. So, yeah. so it's my turn to blow off some steam, you know? So I grab my trombone yeah. player and we're hanging out and, you know, I say, come with me, man, we'll go find a beer. You know, it's my day off. I'm the one that gets to drink today, you know? So I figured noon time was a pretty good time to start. So by about four in, four in the afternoon, they kicked us out. You know, and then we tried to go to another place, walk in there, and then they got a phone call saying, oh, not, we, they shouldn't let uh, let us in and stuff like that. Supposedly, they were, oh, what did they tell me? They were overselling to us. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. So, yeah, I'm working on a song called Band in Squamish right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, man. A- anywhere but Squamish. Anywhere but that's Squamish. it. That's it. Band, um, band, baby, band in Squamish. Got whole damn town, baby, talking about us. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get it on. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. So so what was if you could put down like your most memorable time on stage you've ever had, what what would you say it is, okay, man? The most memorable. I I, I, I can't say the, but I will mention a few things. I remember the first right, sounds good. the first big show I ever did. This is way before I came out in the forty fives, but my first big show was uh, opening up a show in Montreal that was oversold out at the cabaret in Montreal. That was with a band called the Fun Loving Criminals. The <laughs> FLC. <laughs> back in the day, they had a song called the uh, Scooby Snacks. And they, they were really pumping back then. And, and that was my, you know, my first real awesome moment. I was like nervous getting on stage and stuff, you know. But I think we did well. We sold all kinds of albums. And I got off stage and Huey, the uh, singer of, uh, of uh, Fun Loving, uh, comes up to me and goes, uh, so you ever play uh, New York City? said, no, Huey, but one day, man, one day, I really hope I'm able to, you know, I hope uh, that they'll have me. And he said, you just continue doing what you do and you'll be over there. And that was the first big show I ever did. And, uh, okay. you know, I'll always remember that, you know. But then, you know, th- there's uh, other shows that are, you know, memorable for other reasons. I remember we played in Quebec at this tiny little place. But again, it came down, the neighbors were saying there's too much noise outside of this venue or whatever. It was a hot, hot, hot summer evening. And um, there was no air conditioning in the place and they had to shut the windows because of this noise complaint thing going on. And man, I tell you, us and pretty much the entire crowd finished in our boxers, you know? <laughs> like it was, it was just <laughs> insane. Like, you know, like dizzying, hot and sweaty, you know? And, that, you know, that type of stuff actually happens every once in a while where you get situations like that. I remember playing some old strip bar. Well, it wasn't a strip bar when we played there, but... Uh, um, it was, I think, in London, Ontario. And uh, no, not London, Windsor, Windsor, where they make the TBQ sauce. I don't know, one, one okay. of these places. Anyway, it was like on a third floor of this old, old building. We had stripper poles and everything. It was just too hot for the crowd. Like you just, you know, you could see people just not doing well. So, you know, basically, my, my point is that shows can be memorable for a lot of different reasons, you know. And almost every show, I mean, part of the goal is to have something memorable I remember exactly absolutely. yeah man absolutely i played it it's funny you, you mentioned how hot it was how people were struggling i did a show in hamilton once the hammer yeah man. um at uh the doors pub i'm not sure if you've not been there played there um and it, it's their there's their venue is upstairs mm-hmm. and you can't open the door because of sound complaints right, right. noise complaints and there is no airflow in there. It's like an old Victorian home. Yeah, shit. And, and it's like the 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 uh, top floor of a Victorian home, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I was I was heaving before my set, 
I was the second group up, and I was sleeping before my set started. Yeah, like, man. This is so if I, and I didn't even, you know, I was hydrated. I don't know about <laughs> you, but like I've thrown up on stage probably over a hundred times. <laughs> and, uh, like it, it got to be a joke in the band that always put a bucket up on stage for me. It happens quite frequently. <laughs> Hang on a second. Though. Yeah. <coughs> Sounds like a joke. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Mm. <laughs> they they just opened up a new SQDC right down the street, well, down the road from my house, and that makes things real convenient. So I stopped there on the way home. Didn't did they uh, did they shut down the dispensaries in um, oh, yeah. in Montreal no. for like that week? Hell no, man. That, that's it. I just came from one. I got a few. There, I got some Helios uh, Sativa. I got this other one that's a mix of uh, CBD uh, called Vanderpop. It's really good. That's what I just smoked right now. So, but that one's only what, what, ten percent THC, so it's not real strong. But it's like eleven CBD, uh, so it's pretty chill and mellow, you know. It's not like uh, those edibles you were making on the uh, on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm gonna make some more. To tell you the truth, I ate those, and that recipe, I didn't even like it. <laughs> I, I, I I got part of that recipe from somebody else, and I figured I'd give it a shot. But I'm gonna make some better ones. I was just talking to my lady about that. I gotta make some 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 better edibles. So, so tell me, tell me about that uh, that podcast. Um, what what inspired you to start the podcast? Was it uh, to hang out with your buddies and promote it, or like, what was your idea with it? Well, okay, uh, that's a great question, actually, because what like when I get home from a tour, sometimes I have a hard time transitioning a bit because like we'll be going full tilt for you know six weeks at a time or whatever it is, and it's like you know. I remember one tour we did what 32 shows in 34 days or something like that. So, so you know, I'm like wired even when I get home and I can't chill and I still end up in bars, just kind of continuing that vibe, right? And then at one point I was like, man, I gotta find another way to be social here, you know, and do something different because, like, I, you know, I, I just I don't want to be hanging out drinking in a club every single night, you know, especially like when I'm not on the road, you know, and stuff like that. And then it, so it was a way for me to, you know keep myself busy basically what it comes down to is a boy like me has to keep busy or he gets in trouble you know <laughs> and uh and then i i thought it'd be a great way just to, to hang out and you know talk to uh you know some of the amazing people that i know and uh more than you know just hey man what's up hanging out and you know doing whatever <laughs> that's basically what we end up doing anyway but uh, <laughs> no, it, it's cool and it, it, it's fun because like uh you know it's at my house uh, and uh, you know, you want to smoke, you can smoke. If you want to drink, you can drink. You can do whatever the fuck you want, you know. And that's one of the beauty about these podcasts right now. It's like you know, uh, I, I think they're, you know, when I say podcast, also other ideas for shows as well, not just podcasts, because um, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it, it's so much more real than what I see on TV. And you know what? Yeah, I'm, you know, as much a big fan of an epic movie as anybody else or whatever. But, you know, I, I'm not the type of guy that likes to get into this. Like, oh, you get home from work, you sit down, you eat, watch TV every night, you know? I, I can't do that kind of thing, yeah. you know? So, so it just it gives me something to, to work on. So it's, it's cool on that level. And also, another thing it brings me is, A, getting to know my friends way better, you know, having a deep one-on-one -on -one discussion. But also, like, I'm learning a lot of things. Like, when I first started, <laughs> actually, I still have it. I have a lamp as a microphone stand. Um, you know, I, I didn't really, like, I was just taking the audio off the camera, whatever, and I wanted to teach myself how to 
few certain things. Like I want to know just basic editing, uh, you know, so I just do it myself and it gives me a project, something to focus on when, when I'm at home and keep myself busy, uh, basically. But uh, I like doing the production of it. And I like, you know, just say I have a long list that do all kinds of amazing shit. And it gives us a good excuse to sit down and hang out a bit, you know? I love it. I love it. Well, okay, man, I'm, I'm calling to, um, so this is airing on Friday. Okay, cool. Um, and, and on Monday, we have Amy Gabba from Amy Gabba and the Almost Famous, nice. who's another really good friend of mine, ska, ska band as well. So we're calling Saturday Scott. There you go. Um, it's official. Everybody's got to listen to ska music because you're starting the weekend off with yeah, me. Man. And Amy's finishing the weekend. Sounds all right? perfect, brother. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for having me on here. Hey, anytime, man. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. And it's my it was pleasure. Awesome talking my to you, pleasure. man. My pleasure, absolutely. Now, everybody, you well, guys all stay safe now, right? And uh, we'll catch up real soon. Yeah, but, right, peace out, gang. You will. I'll come out to Montreal afterwards. Do after it, all this ends. I have ends. a bar in the backyard right beside a swimming pool. I know how to hang. Sounds good, man. I'll see <laughs> you. All right, you take care. All right, easy. It is now time for Friday's Greatest Quotes in Human History. Today we look back at two quotes from famous rocks. First off, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, actor and WWE wrestler and superstar. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Decent. Secondly, we turn to an actual rock for his comments. I'm a rock, I can't talk. Dude, that was great. I still can't talk because I'm still a rock. This has been Friday's Famous Quotes. Due to time constraints as a result of this app, this podcast will end in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good day.